You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands on the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. Welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I'm joined today by Angela Obias and Carrie Lynn, who are the co-founders of Common Air. Ladies, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having us, Laurel. So tell us, what is Common Air? Yeah, Common Air is a sustainable luxury beauty brand that is new to market. We just launched in April of this year. Um, spelled H-E-I-R, Common Air was um, co-founded by me and Angela to really bring to life the idea of having luxurious, premium, high-performance skincare products that are made entirely without plastic or plastic packaging. Um, both of us are clean beauty veterans with over 15 years of experience between us, and we were both hungry for... Um, really better solutions and products um, in an industry that we both have grown to love so much. And this is our uh, way of creating um, uh, performance without plastic. Performance without plastic. I love that. And I also love that you launched this so recently because it's so important that Brands in this space are represented by women of color and specifically beauty brands that are in the clean space. Um, I think that there are so many brands out there that do kind of greenwashing and they don't actually walk that talk. Um, so can you share with us a little bit about why clean beauty is so important to um, to the world, the betterment of, uh, of our um, environment, and then ultimately why it's a better choice for your skin? Yeah. Um, those are all really good questions. I think for <laughs> me personally, um, you mentioned greenwashing. I mean, both of us come from specifically within the beauty industry. Um, we both were helming brands or in Angela's case, manufacturing for brands that were um, at the advent and the forefront of clean beauty. Um, and what that really meant um, was uh, increased um, attention and focusing on where things were coming from in terms of the ingredients, as well as what was in and what was not in them. Um, mm -hmm. I think that first wave of consumer education where we really saw people reading their beauty products the way that they would read their food labels, um, that right. is definitely new. And um, I think it is something that consumers have become more aware of within the industry, um, you know, especially when it comes to skincare. I think where that um, sort of dovetails a bit with greenwashing is that there is sometimes um, a lot of consumer education and misunderstanding, or there are a lot of facts that are flying out there that aren't perfectly um, always justified. And I think recently it's gotten a bit more of a wrap around um, the standards and certifications and just how you can believe what a brand is saying is real. And so when we set out to create Common Air, it was very important for us from a formulation perspective and a claims 
certification perspective to always have receipts for everything that we're saying um, and to be really honest and transparent with our consumers um, about um, who we are, uh, where our ingredients come from, where they're sourced from, what the function is of having that ingredient in our formulation, as well as um, our choices around um, certain ingredients that we won't put in there and things that we try to avoid as much as possible, knowing that no one brand can be perfect around everything, but rather setting a really high bar and internal standard um, where we are uh, between you know me and Angela and everything that we believe and also um, getting receipts. As we said earlier, we are um, pursuing certifications or have received certifications from organizations like um, the Environmental Working Group. We are EWG verified on our first product, which is a vitamin C serum that is 100%, you know, uh, plastic-free packaging and also, um, you know, very clean formula. It meets Credo Beauty standards, which obviously is one of the strictest in the industry. They ban 2,700 ingredients, um, whereas, you know, um, other retailers, you know, have their own standards, but they are among the highest in the industry. Um and we also are leaving bunny cruelty free. We have third party certified biodegradability against our formula and packaging. So we tried to do everything right to the best of our ability and to communicate what we're doing and, um, you know, being really honest about things that we would like to do, but, but don't have the opportunity to do yet. So I hope, I hope that answers your question. There's a lot in there. <laughs> there was a lot in there. I, I have never heard anyone quite say it the way that you said it. You said, we have receipts for everything that we do. It's basically like a stamp of approval from all of these um, companies that certify you. But I've never quite heard anyone say it like that. I kind of love that. I might steal that from you, Carrie. Okay. <laughs> that was very clever. Um, so let's talk about the products. Angela, I know you're in the, on the manufacturing side. Why did you all decide to, um, to go with a, a, a vitamin C serum? Why was that the hot product for you? Yeah, so for us, it was it was two parts. We knew we wanted to work with capsules and we knew that we we wanted to do that not only for right the plastic free angle that Carrie and I are both extremely passionate about, uh, but also because of added efficacy. Um, and so when we thought about that and products that we both kind of reached for or wanted to reach for in our cabinets every day, we really started to rethink actives and active products and how do we really reinvent those? Um, and so that's where vitamin C kind of came to mind for us. And we didn't want the capsule to be just this big gimmick of, you know what I mean, in terms of form factor, we really sure. wanted it to, to to have all of those benefits. Um, and so that's how we got to vitamin C. We wanted to make this approachable for a novice user um, and still a really great efficacious formula for someone that is using a vitamin C or another kind of brightening product on the regular. Um, but most importantly for me, I didn't want it to be anything that was going to sting the crap out of my face, although I had <laughs> formulated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a thing. Yeah. Um, and so for me, even though I had formulated all these other vitamin C products in the past, um, you know, I really wanted to make sure that I developed something that I would genuinely be able to use and I would not have what I often refer to as the Listerine effect, uh, where <laughs> things, you know, and so, and so that's kind of, <laughs> that's how we came to that conclusion. And, you know, it has universal benefit. It's not, you know, discerning on age or skin type or, you know, any of those things. 
I love it. Um, so in terms of vitamin C, can you share with um, our audience why vitamin C has such amazing effects? Because I think that I personally was having some um, some pigmentation issues. And I had to say, like, I noticed a big difference when I use vitamin C products. Yeah, absolutely. So vitamin C is just this universal kind of undersung hero, in our opinion. Um, it really hypes with hyperpigmentation, um, you know, that the, the you were just speaking to. It, it really attacks that in a way that is... Um, really penetrative uh, mm -hmm. on the skin layer. And so our specific form of vitamin C, which is, uh, I can give you the scientific name, which is tetrahexyl decal excorbate. It's a mouthful. So I always I will never remember that, it. but thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I will just refer to it as THD. So THD is a more stable vitamin C derivative, um, and it penetrates the skin on a deeper level than some of your more traditional forms of vitamin C. Um, and so you are really reaping those benefits that are attacking um, kind of fine lines, hyperpigmentation. It's really boosting collagen production and cell turnover, um, which are all things that you want if you look at this as kind of like an anti-aging, kind of reversing sort of um, ingredient. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a great product. The other thing I love about, um, about what you have done is the capsules themselves, I know you talked about them a little bit, but they're so easy to travel. Like you can pop them in your, you know, your drop kit. And I know, uh, I think you guys have something really exciting that you just launched. If you could share that with us for the upcoming holiday. Yeah. I mean, launching in the middle of a global pandemic, you know, leading with travel friendly really wasn't <laughs> the story <laughs> of April 2021. But, right. you know, as the world opens up again and we're able to safely, um, move around a bit more. Uh, one of our most um, requested features was to have a little travel case, like um, um, almost like a mini, uh, a vitamin C mini. So we actually were able to just launch our, um, we call it the uh, vitamin C mini set, which comes with a um, really cute, uh, little travel tube uh, made of paper, just like our, our normal size product that carries seven capsules for a week of, um, you know, keeping your skin glowing on the go. And also a cute little silk scarf as, as a little holiday gift and treat. So we're really we excited. We love gifts with purchase. How fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so do we. So do we. So it was just a really nice sort of, um, way to, you know, for folks that haven't had a chance to try the brand, you just kind of try the experience. I know that our capsule, you know, it's hard to, hard to describe it in a podcast, but it's essentially a little, um, a little drop that, that you twist and squeeze the product out. And then the capsule itself is made of a plant-based um, material that actually dissolves in hot water and, and, you know, uh, is uh, this little blush pink color that is actually made with food grade dyes. And so um, that actually creates a really great uh, protector for the formula inside and replaces, you know, your typical plastic bottles, plastic pumps or droppers um, that usually house these types of um, powerful serum formulations that Angela was talking about. So yeah, not only are they travel friendly, but now we have a cute little case for you to, um, you know, take it on the go with you. 
And I'm going to be a bit braggadocious on your behalf. Uh, I know that you are selling out left and right, and there may not even be any left by the time this, this launches. So if you're listening in and you go on the site and you see that that is available, you better swoop that up because I don't think it's going to be there for very long. It's such a great little stocking stuffer. So highly, highly recommend. It's just a darling a little addition to the product extension. Love it. Uh, we're going to take a really quick break. We'll be right back. We are thrilled that you've joined us here on the Elevate Your Brand podcast. But did you know we have a ton more useful content on our blog page? Make sure to go to elevatemybrand.com and check out the tips and tricks that we share with you every week on how to elevate your brand via marketing, advertising, branding, messaging, social media, you name it, we've got your back. Thanks for sticking with us. If you're just tuning in, I am chatting with the co-founders of Common Air. We're talking about vitamin C serum and um, why clean beauty is the future. So let's talk about the future of the brand a little bit. I know that you just recently launched this particular line, but do you have ideas and formulations that you're thinking about for the future? Any teasers you, you can share with us? I can share a bit of a teaser. Um, so <laughs> Next year, early next year, that's I'll leave it pretty broad right now. Uh, we will have our second product coming to market. Um, and I would say it is the perfect complement to the vitamin C serum. So, yeah. Hmm, so maybe something in the moisturizing category. I don't know. We'll see. Um, very exciting. Uh, I love what you guys are doing. Let's talk about tips and tricks and, uh, and things that you can share with our audience about what you've learned along the way. Because you're, you're new entrepreneurs, although you've been in this space for a very long time. At what point did you have that kind of aha moment of, we're going to do this on our own. We're going to figure out a product line and produce this, manufacture this, bring it to market. What, were, what was that kind of Oprah aha moment? And what are some of the lessons you learned along the way that you think our audience could benefit from? Yeah, I can start um, on answering that. So I think it, first I should mention that Angela and I um, had never met each other prior to founding this company serious? together. Mm -hmm. And in fact, uh, I live in Santa Monica, Angela, up until like literally last weekend, lived in Austin. And we built this company remotely um, after uh, being introduced through a mutual friends um, in December of 2019. So <laughs> I'll just preface what with that. So yeah, so we separately came to sort of um, our own like reasoning for why like having a you know, luxury, really like uh, aesthetic forward skincare brand that was high performance, but without plastic. Uh, we both separately came to the conclusion that was the right thing to do. But for me, um, I had actually uh, taken some time off from a prior job. I was very burned out and walking along my local beach here in Santa Monica. Um, I would occasionally, you know, pick up trash whenever I could. And one day I just came across these um, really old barnacled over covered in algae uh, lotion bottles that are lying in the sand. And, you know, having spent at that point, you know, um, uh, some time in the consumer products industry, I just had a moment where I realized that I didn't know how many of the millions of bottles that I'd helped produce, like where any of that was sitting. And I think mm -hmm. that really kind of set me down a path towards like, is there anyone in the world that could get rid of plastic in the beauty industry? Is anyone even trying? Um, is it even possible? And that was sort of around the time where I started asking around um, for for uh, someone who might be able to see eye to eye with me on things and, and kind of 
share the same dream and values, but come from it from a different skill set. And that was when I met Angela. So I don't know, Angela, if you want to take it from there in terms of your aha moment. Sure. Uh, Yeah. So I always call our first phone call. uh, It was the weirdest of blind dates I've ever done. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I snuck out of my of my old job and and took the car, the call in my car uh, under the cover of a tree in the parking lot. Uh, You know, (laughs) so shady. So, so shady, shady, like very shady. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> um, you know, shielding myself from the Texas heat. Yes, but no. So I, I took the call with Carrie. I really thought it was going to be this throwaway call at the urging of the friend that connected us. Uh, you know, it was really the only reason I took it. Uh, and she kind of forced my friend kind of forced my hand. So I took the call with Carrie. And it was just it was a love match. That's how I always Aww. describe it um, mm-hmm. to connect with someone on that level that immediately um, with the total opposite skill set that than what I had, um, but who still very much aligned and saw the same gap in the market and who was really passionate about actually creating something that was plastic free. Um, you know, so I think that's what really sparked my interest in, in embarking on this with Carrie. And then beyond that for myself, you know, at that point I had built 50 plus uh, you know, clean beauty brands in my manufacturing career. And I was just really bored. I could see the pipeline, you know, four or five years ahead because of where I was in the industry and mm-hmm. everything was the same. Like, you know what I mean? There was just not a lot of little, little boxes. It's like uh, that, that show where every house looks exactly the same on the hillside, right? Right. It was all cookie cutter. Mm -hmm. I felt like all the founders looked the same, had the same story. There were all these things in my head. Um, And so, you know, kind of with that fire lit under me and then the meeting with Carrie uh, is really just how we we aligned and decided to embark on this. But, you know, Carrie mentioned it was December 2019. We kind of courted one another, um, you know, for a few months since we hadn't worked together before. Um, and then in at the end of February of 2020, I came out to LA to meet with Carrie. And during that visit, I was like, yes, I'm going to do this. Like, I'm going to leave this big cushy career that I've made for myself and like take this leap. I get back to Austin and not a week later, the pandemic hits. Uh, yeah. And so you was know, that a so- sign to take the leap or did that scare you off? from potentially taking the leap? What was the sentiment at that point for you? Yeah, at that point for me, it was a bit of both. I I kind of wanted to pause to make sure I was thinking super clearly. Um, So for another, I would say maybe like two to three weeks, I still kind of like hem and hawed on like, am I going to take this leap? What's going on with this pandemic? Um, But then I had this like point of illumination where I realized how un- unfulfilled I felt in the work that I was doing for others and Mm -hmm. how fulfilled I felt in the work that I was still, you know, helping carry with, uh, like on nights and weekends at that point in time. Um, and so when I had that point of illumination, I was like, you know what, this is where my heart is. This is where, you know, the passion is coming from like within. And so, um, I made the decision still to move forward with this. And by May, of 2020, uh, I left my old company and, you know, kind of blindly went into this full time. Wow. I love that. I love that you took a leap of faith. I love that you did it in a time when everything was uncertain. I mean, we're still rather uncertain, but I feel like we're coming out of it, uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. 
Um, so in terms of tips and tricks or um, best practices, what would be the best um, dating tip you could offer in terms of finding a co-founder? Wow. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would say like with all good relationships, platonic or not, communication, communication, Mm -hmm. communication, all caps, um, bold (laughs) and italicized. Um, (laughs) You know, I think Angela and I just really had to build our relationship, um, even though it wasn't our first choice. Uh, we had to do it remotely. And so many things get lost in translation, even when you're talking to someone in person. So every time we were communicating on Slack or we were getting off a Zoom call, uh, we just had to be really upfront with each other around like, when you said this, did you mean this? Or, you know, because we didn't have a prior history or context for our personalities or communication styles. So I would say that that is something that, you know, you don't get to a point where you're like, okay, check, I'm really good at this. We don't need to work at it anymore. I think we have to work at it, you know, all the time. Um, But it was particularly unique just with our circumstance of needing to build trust and build it remotely. Um, I think that's the first thing. I mean, I've been married 10 years and I still need to figure out how to communicate (laughs) from time to time with my husband. Yes, exactly. It doesn't really stop. It doesn't really end. Um, But let's take another quick break. We'll be right back and continue down these, uh, these tips and tricks for entrepreneurship. Stay tuned. If you're listening to this podcast, it's probably very likely that you've worked with a marketing agency that hasn't really worked out. That's why Elevate My Brand has developed our roadmap to marketing process. We use an extremely data-driven approach to show you exactly what your competitors are doing in the omnichannel space so that we can develop a strategy and tactical approach to success in your marketing. Call us today and let's get mapping. Thanks for sticking with us, chatting with the co-founders of Common Air. Uh, before the break, we were talking about communication is key in partnerships in love and in life and business. Um, any other really important lessons along the way that you want to share with our audience? Because we've got a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs are listening in. I think for me, uh, echoing a bit and building a bit off of Carrie's point before break, uh, is definitely that business is so much about human connection that I think that gets lost a lot with folks. Um, But it really is. It's really about connecting with your co-founder on a human level, connecting with a vendor on a human level, a customer, a community member on that human level. And I think when you take a step back and remember that, things just go so much more smoothly. Mm, I love that. Yeah. It, it's so important to remember that we are human humans. And I think that human element is absolutely critical because if you, if you're looking at someone and you're thinking that they're a person, the likelihood that you're going to be overly harsh or not think about how something's going to be received, it, it's lessened, I believe, as opposed to, you know, taking that human element out of it where you just kind of like are sharp tongued or you make really knee jerk decisions. I totally agree with that. And, and especially as you're growing a team, right? As you're growing out your team, uh, whether you're two people or 200 people, so critical. What else? I think I would also add that um, when you're small or early, um, try to build a community around uh, your yourself, um, whether you're interested in launching a company that is direct to consumer or consumer facing, like me and Angela with Common Air, but um, 
we early on uh, reached out to uh, folks and strangers on Instagram, just kind of asking for 15 to 20 minutes of their time to see, um, you know, what their thoughts were on sustainability and beauty. And we learned so much from these folks that were willing to give us their time to a total stranger uh, that we had um, a bunch of folks that were ready to support us by the time we were ready to launch. And, you know, there's no shortcut. Um, Every Instagram account that has, you know, a million followers had one or 200 at some point. Um, And just never taking any of those early conversations and folks for granted, just kind of making them part of your journey, making them feel invested in you as a person and the problem that you're solving. Again, kind of underpinning Angela's point around the human connection. You know, in Mm -hmm. in business, I think that is super essential. If you want to even test or just make basic strides towards, um, you know, building something that people might want. I love that. I love that you took the initiative to reach out to people who had no idea who you were. And you were like, listen, I need some feedback. I, I know you've been in this industry a long time or, you know, whatever that is. I, I, I find that that is something that entrepreneurs fail at often because they feel like they have that lone wolf syndrome. Like they've got to do it on their own. They don't ask for help or they ask for help, but they ask for it so much later than they ever should because if they just asked for it up front, they would have avoided so many of the pains, pitfalls, and costs associated with those fail points. So I think that's a fabulous tip is um, to ask for support, ask for feedback, ask for help, even if it's uncomfortable. I've always found it to be very uncomfortable to ask for help because I've, I'm like, look, I've got all this education. I've got all this history and background. I've worked with all these huge companies. I don't need to ask for help. And then when I do ask for help and I get that real-time feedback from someone who's figured it out faster than I have, I'm like, that was the smartest thing I could have ever possibly done. I love, love, love that tip. Um, I want to focus on the branding a little bit. We haven't really talked about it. What does Common Air mean? And then let's talk about the packaging because it's so gorgeous. Yeah. Um, you know, fun fact is we we originally had another brand name and we can send a whole nother podcast episode on trademarking and checking these things, but we actually <laughs> had to pivot at some point before we printed the packaging. Thank goodness. But Thank goodness, um, yeah. as we were brainstorming, um, you know, the different elements or the different um, ideas and values that we wanted to infuse in, in our brand name, um, we kind of, you know, saw common air on a list of things that we had, you know, since have sent to the graveyard. Um, But what we liked about common air, you know, it's spelled air like H-E-I-R, which for the rest of my life on a podcast, I'm going to just have to spell that part out. Um, (laughs) It's just this idea of, you know, reflecting back on our both our individual journeys, you know, um, both me and Angela, the fact that we are, uh, from two very different backgrounds, um, you know, two different heritages, um, but that we came together having these shared ideas and values that it was something that we had in common. We knew that, you know, that was definitely an important part of the brand, just kind of highlighting sort of what we all share and what we what we have in um that's in common with each other. And then this idea of passing something down, right? I think we both have inherited a love of beauty and of ritual from, you know, the women in our lives um, and finding ways to improve, uh, improve upon those and reimagine those rituals in a way that makes us feel really good about what we're mm-hmm. leaving behind and what we're passing forward. I think it made sense in that way to think about um, the brand being called Common Air. As, as you know, um, 
this thing that we all collectively have this shared interest in at the loftiest levels when we're being our best selves and, and passing that down to um, the future. I think that was sort of the um, intent behind calling it that. Um, and I when think it's we so fun. It feels that, very like high <laughs> low to me, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. yeah we wanted like, to. That's the perfect we, mix of it. Yeah. We wanted it also to, you know, be two real words. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think it ended up working out. And then tell, tell me about the packaging. I know obviously we talked about it being green. That's a given with who you are as a, as a company. Uh, the black and white um, theme and then these pops of pink or red, are those are those poppies? What is, what is the flower? Yeah, so I think when we were going through our initial concepting, we knew that we wanted to make something feel like different than anything else that are the typical sort of clean beauty, green beauty, eco-friendly um, packaging cues in the in the store aisle. Um, you know, we wanted to be very maximal, but also very classic and something that would stand the test of time. So we loved these ideas of bringing out some of the brightening um, botanical extracts that Angela had, um, you know, infused into the formula to support our vitamin C active. And so we took old prints of like licorice and marshmallow root um, Mm. and kind of laid them out, uh, you know, um, for that first product. And I think the pops of red really came in um, just to punch it up a little bit. Uh, You know, I think red is such a iconic color. And, um, you know, we just thought that it would make a really nice touch. Um, and also pay a little bit of homage to both Angela and her grandmother who love flowers and, um, passed on to Angela, her love of gardening and all the things. So it just felt really right. Like sometimes our design decisions, you know, when we talk about them, you know, looking back, it feels very intentional and deliberate, but sometimes like when a design direction just feels right, we just kind of lean into it. And, um, you know, it's the thing that we get complimented most on in addition to the formulation is just how vanity worthy it is and how it's mm. sustainable but it doesn't feel like you're trading down on your aesthetics at all that you would be proud to have this on your top shelf and that's what we were really going for with with the vitamin c packaging it's really darling i love it it's, it does feel very highbrow um and it doesn't feel like you are trading down i love that sentence as well um in the last minute we have left i want to shift focus and talk about you guys as individuals uh as humans we've been talking a, lot, a, bit, a little bit earlier so this is just a quick fire uh qa so whatever is top of mind what is the one thing you could not live without during the pandemic and you can't say your own product angela go uh oh my goodness family <laughs> That's a good it's one. not a product, Carrie? but yeah. No, it's totally relevant. Does it need to be a product, Carrie? Is there something that uh, that was particularly useful for you during the pandemic? Uh, my dog. <laughs> oh, yes. I have two fur babies. I feel that one. Yes, um, my fur baby. <laughs> what is your uh, go-to vice of choice, as, as in a cocktail? Uh, what would be your choice, Carrie? Um, I'm a really cheap date. So I think for me, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for me, I, I, uh, love a good glass of red wine to unwind at the end of the evening. I'm not so much a cocktail girl. Totally fair. Angela, how about you? What's your go-to if you drink? Oh, definitely a mezcal Negroni. <laughs> mm, 
sophisticated. I love it. Um, last question is, what is your favorite word and why? And so I'm going to start with you. This could be something that just pops into mind or something that has real meaning to you over time. Oh, affection. That's one of my favorite words. Ooh, explain. Uh, I think, you know, just uh, you, you said that I thought affection and then I thought of my family, my nieces, my loved ones. Um, and so that to me is just, it's just such a happy word. It's never, you know, it's very rarely connotated with anything negative. Mm, it's almost an onomatopoeia when you say it. It kind of has that fun, bubbly moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Carrie, how about you? What's your favorite word? My favorite word? <laughs> um, I don't know that I have one. The only thing that's coming to mind is this one time I accidentally um, but texted the phrase titillating to a uh, dorm room <laughs> email and no one believed uh, it was in response to a, a charity event <laughs> invitation. Um, and so the entire dorm saw the reply all and say the word titillating. Uh, so I, I, for some reason, that was the only, I don't know that that's my favorite, but that's certainly memorable, <laughs> memorable we'll for it. me. I love the story behind <laughs> it. That's so great. Um, any last words of wisdom for our audience, either about the product, the future of the brand, entrepreneurship in general, any last final positive words? Um, the only risk that is scarier than the risk of starting your own company is the risk of uh, doing something and continuing to do something that you know you don't want to be doing and dreaming about something. I think uh, we oftentimes with entrepreneurs, you know, as long as you have a safe roof over your head, obviously, and three meals a day, um, you know, we talk a lot about taking a risk. And absolutely, it's a scary, it can be a scary journey. But um, sometimes going down this path and that risk, I'd rather take it than the one of uh, not knowing. So um, I think you'll have to decide which one is scarier. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Ladies, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us today. I so appreciate it. Thank you, Laurel, for having us. It was really fun yeah. to chat. Absolutely my so pleasure. Much. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next. Mm -hmm.